Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. Are we going to finally talk about making dinner? (laughs) I guess we are, right? Um, We said we were going to do that a while ago, and then we both chickened out or something. What happened? Yeah, I like the pun there. Chickened out. Get it? Um, Oh. Neither of us was in a good place. No, and we started this kind of loose series called Feeding a Family. And if you've been following along, we've talked about breakfast and lunch. We've talked about... Uh, snacks and snacks which was really fun we got good feedback and I guess I think you and I just feel like we're not the pillars of example when it comes to meal planning and dinner and we especially were going through you were moving we went through a really busy spring with the conference mom 2.0 that we go to which includes a lot of travel and a lot of work Um, but I think the way we're going to tackle this today is great no matter what stage you're in and we don't have to be the pillars of example right we don't, but you know what I can I tell you that since mo- since I moved, I have now discovered a renaissance in my um in my dinner making abilities a somehow. Rebirth. A rebirth and some of it honestly was scaling back my kitchen. Yeah. Um I threw away a lot of pantry items that I didn't want to move from one house to another because they were expired or whatever. I threw away almost all my spices. And I'm sh- and I'm fitting into a much smaller space now. Also, I really scaled back the tools I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've laid them out differently. And I have to say, like, I'm making simpler meals, but I'm cooking more consistently. Oh, that's and glorious. so, yeah. So sometimes I think shaking things up can really help. Yeah. So hopefully we can at least inspire you if you're in a rut to shake things up a little bit. But if nothing else, I think the solutions, this is not going to be like our 10 best recipes. It's going to no. be more about using like, I don't know, kind of motivating yourself and and kind of overcoming challenges. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point, which is like, it's normal to need a complete overhaul of how you do meal planning. I don't think any mom, even the best meal planners and dinner makers, nobody's found the one meal plan, the one solution, the one trick that's, right. that is going to keep them going for the rest of their motherhood life. Like we're yes. always in need of a shakeup. We're always, we're, yeah, and yeah. reinventing. We're yep. recording this at the beginning of summer, and I think any any new season, literally or figuratively, is also a great time to get re-inspired. So we're kind of doing this in, like, what are the most common pain points or struggles or woes <laughs> about making dinner, and then what are our solutions? And this is going to be a two-parter because it's this is a big topic. So we're going to do the, this week and next week. So um, we'll do a few this week and then come back next week for the continuation. Okay, before we before we jump in. Yeah. Mm, I have a request to our community and actually I may post about this on Facebook because it sounds really dumb, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. So a lot of moms in the summer, especially in places where we're all excited about the weather. Mm-hmm. I know you're for you. It's whatever. It's Southern California. It's beautiful all the time, <laughs> but here it's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is the time of year where it's like throw it on the grill. Yeah. That it's just like, oh, there's a grill. Just throw whatever it is on the grill and that's dinner. And I will say typically it tends to fall along gender lines, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you've got mom in the kitchen prepping mm-hmm. and then handing it off to dad who then mm-hmm. puts it on the grill. Mm-hmm. And that was always my setup. And now I don't have dad there mm-hmm. to cook anymore. And I'm looking, I have a nice propane grill. It's like a little tabletop one. It's in mm-hmm. a nice, I have it right outside my back door. 
right? It's like steps from my kitchen and I right. have not fired it up because I'm kind of like afraid of it, which is yeah. so stupid. I know. It's it's just another place to cook food. I've and used you're it very, before. You are very unafraid in the kitchen. Like I know, I know. You. you're very confident I, in the kitchen. There's it's not like it's a different no. type of, it's heat and fire. It's just literally, like it's literally an outdoor gas stove. Yeah. I mean, that is all it is. Yeah. But something I am, I'm experiencing a huge mental block when it comes to actually using my grill. And I don't know if it's because I'm just not thinking about it. I don't know if it's the propane tank. It's freaking me out. I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, so if anyone has been there and has overcome it, I would love to hear from you. And I seriously do think I'll post about this on Facebook because yeah. it's just the kind of thing like I've done it before. I've grilled before. I just need. You know, and actually, you know. guys, if if this is speaking to you, record yourself giving us a pep talk or an answer. <gasps> I and would email love us, that. Email us that recording audio file. Hello at the Or we have a little widget in our sidebar at the where you can record your voice there. Either way works. I would love to play somebody's, you know, overcoming fear of the grill story on the podcast next week or in a future episode. If you don't hear this right away, still do it because we definitely love to hear it. And this is not. Yeah issue that's going to go away um i'm yeah. excited Me okay too. so let's oh and we do need to say this is going to be two-parter yes do we say that yes i don't I think did. we did yet oh yeah. you did okay so <laughs> yes two part part two next week um and yeah would love to hear all you guys feedback so okay awesome. before we get in we're going to talk about our sponsor epic can i tell you i just feel like epic like the heavens opened up because my kids are going to be off of school starting later this week yes. um so Epic, if you haven't, if you're not familiar, it's a digital library of more than 25,000 popular children's books. But by books, I mean ebooks they can read, audiobooks they can listen to, or read to me books for the little kids where it's like a picture book and the pages turn and a voice reads to your child. Um, but what I love is I have three kids at three totally different reading levels and it's personalized. They each get their own little avatar and their own profile and it keeps tracks of where they are in their book, how much they've read. And for summer, if you have reading goals for your child or your school does, this is like a no brainer because we're going to give you two months free more on that in a second. Mm -hmm. And they sort things by Lexile, by grade level, your kids can, I mean, if there's like endless, this is your summer reading solution guys. Yes, it really is. I, you know, I love the library. Um, but I have some limitations when it comes to the library. A, I don't like to check out too many books at once because I will lose them or yep. forget to return them. And then I'll get a fine with Epic. You don't have to worry about that. So if your kids are binging on like a certain series or maybe that like the library doesn't have it in stock and you'd have to order it, it's just a really great, I don't know, uh, compliment to yes. that kind yes, of, absolutely. that kind of reading and kids are used to being on screens. They yeah. have Kindles, they have tablets, they're used to that. And so it's just like, it puts the power and the control in their hands a little bit more than what I'm always able to do as far as managing their reading myself. So I love this, uh, especially with school out. Mine, my kids are also out at the end of this week. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to using this, uh, this summer. Yep. Ep epically. Epically epic. Um, and <laughs> yes. I've talked I've talked quite a bit about Epic for Violet, my preschooler, as like kind of like, here's a tablet, but I don't feel as guilty <laughs> like that. But right. I want to mention for my older kids, I just did a quick search in Epic for some of Allegra's favorite topics, which are baking, slime, and wait for it, Alcatraz. She recently read a book about <laughs> Alcatraz and is okay. like fascinated. So like Alcatraz is a perfect example because like you said, I'd have to go to the library, look it up, yada, yada. We will be using our local library this summer. Like you said, it's a compliment. But if just searching it on Epic and there's several books, you know, fiction, nonfiction, where she could just go to town and learn about Alcatraz. So it's like, I love it's, that. Yeah, it's so perfect. Much. So that's for the older kids, too. And like baking, there were recipe books. I was thinking about Clara and her crafting. So yeah. it's yeah, um, they're truly 
truly is something for everyone out there. Sometimes two or three things for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and we've said it before, but it's totally safe because it really yeah. ages out about middle school age. So um, there's nothing if Allegra searched Alcatraz, there's nothing inappropriate. It's all going to be grade school age appropriate, which is yeah. which is great because then you don't have to be looking over the shoulder worriedly. Like I yeah, be. worriedly. I love that. All right. Well, Epic is normally uh, $7.99 a month. It's still a great deal, but we've partnered with them so you can get most of the summer for free. You'll get yes. two free months. That's like going to get you two thirds of the way through your summer. Why not? Use the promo code MOMHOUR. So go to getepic.com and sign up for an Epic subscription and you will get your first two months totally free if you use the promo code MOMHOUR. Getepic.com, promo code MOMHOUR, two months free. Do it. Guys. But not till you listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. But let's talk about dinner first. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to get right in um, and we're going to talk about our first struggle like struggle number one that everybody's felt at some point or the other and that is just I have no time I have no time to cook to make this happen um do you want to launch in with a tip do you want me to I can go so one of the things because I did tell you I've had a little renaissance of being able of of actually getting dinner on the table Mm -hmm. I went through a slog especially when I was kind of coming up on my move I was working crazy hours Mm -hmm. like it was just really difficult and a lot of it's because the meals I tend to cook tend to be easy, but time consuming. So I tend to do a lot of like roasted veg and a pot roast or something. Mm -hmm. And that's not hard. That's really easy, but it takes time. You have to sear the meat. You have to have the seasonings on hand. Like just every ingredient requires some step. Yeah. Um, And so I have uh, unusually frequently for the last month or so used prepackaged ingredients. That's not something I usually would do, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they're processed and crappy. Right. Like I'm talking about like seasoned diced potatoes mm-hmm. um, or like frozen vegetables, which mm-hmm. but like frozen vegetables in a mix. Mm-hmm. So you just toss it in. Yep. So two in, in uh, general, there are two in particular that I made recently. Um, I just brown. This is going to sound like the simplest meal. This is the kind of food I would have grown up eating. Yeah. So I don't make it for my kids because I grew up eating it, which is kind of weird. But I um I browned up some ground beef. I threw in some simple potatoes, diced potatoes or simply potatoes, I think is the brand. Okay. And peas. And it was just one pot. Mm -hmm. I put it in a skillet. I got it nice and browned. The kids like devoured it. And because I had just moved, the only or well, it's but I can't keep saying I just moved. I've, I've lived in this house <laughs> yeah, for can. six weeks now. It's like but you just had a baby. You get to use that for like right. a year. <laughs> I, I've lived in this house for going on two months now, but I have not completely replenished my seasonings and all that stuff yet. I use just like hamburger seasoning like the yeah. stuff I bought it on my way out of the store it was like on an end cap and I thought I have nothing to season anything in my house with so I just grabbed this hamburger seasoning that's all I used that and salt um, and the kids devoured it another thing I did recently was I just cubed up some chicken breasts and threw them in a skillet with um, some prepackaged uh, frozen stir fry vegetables you can buy those canned or frozen I don't like the way they taste canned but the, mm-hmm. the texture is really nice with the frozen ones and I just used a bottled stir fry sauce so yeah. It was cheap. It was super fast. And the kids devoured it again. There were no leftovers. Yep. Um, the other thing I found by kind of scouring those sections, the frozen section, is like there were things I didn't know existed, like cauliflower rice. I did yep. not know you can purchase that frozen. And zucchini noodles. So if you I, have, if you I don't, I have not you seen know, that one. I had seen you, cauliflower yeah. rice. Yeah. And both of those are things that I like. And it's just like a way to jazz it up at home. And it might be a little right. more expensive than it would be to make it yourself. And maybe it's not as fresh, but like it's a great alternative to take out or drive through. Right. And that's what we're really talking about here. Yes. It's not always the difference between 
best and a little bit less good. It's sometimes right. it's like the difference between a little bit less good and terrible. Yes. <laughs> so keep no. the, it's all relative. It's all relative. And I, so for my, I do have a couple tips, but I also want to drill down into this idea of feeling like you have no time. Cause later in this episode, we're going to talk about that witching hour, which is something different. That's the like 4:30 to six yes. time period. If you have little kids and that is also kind of a symptom of feeling like you have no time, but it's a little yes. different because a couple of things I love that you brought up is one, sometimes really simple meals can be done spread out throughout the day, but you have to plan for it and you have to do it. That's where right. I really struggle. So then I get to the witching hour and I'm grumbling about having no time when really, if I'm very honest, I had pockets of time earlier in the day. So yeah. Part of it is like looking at the flow of your day. And this includes stay at home mom, working moms, work from home moms, because we all have a, a flow of our day um, and looking at or a flow of our week, um, mm -hmm. because maybe one of the solutions is something like Prep Dish, who we work with regularly as a sponsor, where you do all your prep on the weekend and then everything's done for the whole week. That's just one tool. But when you look at when you look at your time struggle or your time pain points, there's probably pockets that could be used toward dinner yes, and for sure. and I hate to admit it cuz I I don't really I don't I even like making dinner. I really don't. I'm just going to admit it. So I'm the worst at this, but I'm this is advice for myself, which is you have to look at what is really happening beneath this? Like, I have no time to cook dinner. Is it a witching hour issue? And we're going to get to that. Or is it like a like a planning issue? Because that's yeah. different. Um, so I guess a couple of quick tips that I have. One is just scale back the meal plan. And this is kind of what you spoke to, but scale it back way back so that you're being really realistic about how much time you have and how much time you will need to spend. Because we all can have that magical thinking of like, um, oh, I'm just going to toss together a stir fry. But that still involves, you know, chopping vegetables, but maybe a prepackaged bag is the solution. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's really taking a very realistic look at the meal plan, um, because what I have found and I've said it on the show before, having a plan to even have cop out meals makes me feel better than not having a plan and then feeling really garbage about yeah. whatever we ended up doing. So I'd much rather have a plan for a scaled back meal um, then, then have magical thinking about how I'm going to do something amazing and then do nothing. So, you know, what's something that popped into my head when you were talking about this is some, it's like, there's a season of life thing going on and there's a personality thing going on. And sometimes mm -hmm. those things collide and sometimes they work together. So the way I was just thinking of this is sometimes maybe for you at this moment of your life, prepping everything on the weekend is the better choice because say you have a in arms baby mm -hmm. and it's easier to figure out how to have that baby cared for, for two hours on a weekend yep. than it is 20 minutes every night. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yes, so because at least that way you can plan it. Otherwise you don't know, you know, if you don't have another adult to hand baby off to yeah. and it's evening and you're trying to get dinner on and they're cranky and crying, then you're not going to be able to chop the vegetables. You're right. not going to be able to do whatever that is. And sometimes I think that's also a personality thing. Like, are you the kind of person who loves a project or are you the kind of person who likes to do things a little bit at a time? Yeah. You know, do yeah. you, do you find that it works better for your personality to do all the laundry on the weekend or to do a little bit of the laundry every day? Yeah. And I will tell you, I have wildly switched back and forth because I think my personality can work with either depending mm -hmm. on what else is going on in my life and like what other life circumstances are going on. So I think that's just like a really long winded way of saying like, look careful. Nothing lives in a vacuum. Yeah. And like no one aspect of your life is separate from the other. So look at all of it together. Yeah. Um, the ages of your kids, how busy your evenings are and your personal preferences. And also your 
current tolerance for stress. Like sometimes I am the most stress tolerant person. And there are other times when just the smallest thing going wrong makes me want to just crumble and fall apart. And it's like, you have to know where you are (laughs) to be, I don't know. I feel like I just dissected this into much more psychology. We're we're getting totally psychology, but I have even a couple other like psychology comments. You cannot compare your the the amount of time and love that you want to put into making dinner for your family to another mom's amount of time and love that they put in because let me tell you something it is different for every family and I know I know moms I know a couple who are listening to this podcast who truly enjoy the act of service of putting meals together for their family and cooking is a creative outlet for them Mm -hmm. I am not one of those people and if I tried to become one of those people I would fall down flat and feel really guilty so instead I have to say okay my family has to eat I don't love making dinner what's the fastest healthy shortcut for me and that's okay like my act of service is not being a total mean mom to my family at dinner time that's my act of service and that counts too that counts too um Another, a couple like brass tacks tips. One is I find that relying heavily on leftovers, and I know you're a fan of leftovers yeah. too, is a, it's not a, it's not a daily time saver, but similar to the prep ahead on the weekend, it's like a, it's a uh, macro time saver because while you maybe did a little more work one night, I love when I have leftovers. When I look in the fridge and I'm like, oh, we're having leftovers for dinner and yes. maybe plus a little extra or like serve something else on the side. I get so excited. So if, if time is, if try, time is truly a struggle, like you're really time broke. Um, you know, rely on those leftovers and get creative with yeah. them. I know you have you've done that too. Maybe. Yes, and you know, you know, like you said, sometimes it's just as much as as simple as adding a different side. Like, right. don't feel like and don't and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I don't know. Don't fall into the the trap of seeing not very much food left and thinking you can't make anything out of it. I guarantee you, no matter how <laughs> little food you have, you can find some way to repurpose that. And it's kind of like. We've talked about Sarah, how sometimes the hardest, like the hardest thing in writing a new blog post is getting the first line down. Yeah. Right. So like if someone else just wrote a line for you, you yeah. could write it. Right. So same thing with making dinner. What if all you had was like one chicken breast left that you could, you know, shred up and do something with? Yeah. That's better than nothing. And so yeah. you can, no matter how little food you have left, there's a way to repurpose that yeah. and get uh, and get leftovers out of it. Um, And I think just to your point about you know, don't compare your the time and love that you're able to put into it to another mom. Also, don't compare it to like a different incarnation of yourself. Yeah. Because if you're not in a place right now where you can do that, like I do love cooking as an act of service in parts of my and times of my life. It's really worked that way for me. And then there's times when it doesn't work mm-hmm. and you can't fall into the again trap of thinking I lost it. It's gone. Right. I right. used to be a good mom and now I think or whatever, you know, like. <laughs> It's really just, it'll come back. Just give it time. If that's something that's important to you or has been important to you or something that you've enjoyed, um, it's maybe you're not there right now. Maybe there's other things at play that are getting in the way and it'll come back. And in the meantime, then make that meal plan reflective of that reality. That's where we get caught up is like trying to make a meal plan that isn't, is for some other family, (laughs) like some other mom with some other amount of time. Exactly. Um, Before we move on, I just want to shout out to, Trader Joe's, which I know you don't have, but um, I know a lot of our listeners have Trader Joe's and their um, 
prepackaged stuff is great and it's always changing. There's a stir fry mix that I love from there. They have the frozen rice cauliflower. They have fresh rice cauliflower. They have something called just chicken, which is cooked chicken, but just sliced up. Um, so if you were going to throw that into tacos or quesadillas or right. throw it in a sauce. So um, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because those of you who already love Trader Joe's, um, but typically it's without preservatives, without a lot of like extra stuff. You still have to read the labels at Trader Joe's. I don't think they're perfect, yeah. but um, if you have been meaning to check that out, definitely check out the frozen aisle because great great frozen options and i don't have trader joe's but i will say that aldi continues to have more and more of that kind of thing as well and more and more healthy choices and so and it's inexpensive so check that out and we got an aldi and i'm gonna check it out awesome okay so we're moving on to another big one and that is struggle number two is picky eaters or as i wrote in our outline (laughs) different dietary needs because it's not necessarily picky eaters or picky kids it could be someone's on a vegan kick someone's doing whole 30 someone yep. so it's sometimes the adults are as big a, a yeah, problem picky, as the children I know. well um, and you know what i want to say really quick just to set this up it's like it, whether you're the mom who throws all of her love into making dinner and is sees it as that like creative outlet or active service or whether you're the mom who just wants to get a healthy option on the table as quickly as possible nothing is more demoralizing than putting the effort in and mm-hmm. then having nobody want to eat it mm-hmm. it's really a bummer mm-hmm. so I just want to like you know we're going to give tips but I don't want to gloss over like how yeah. big a bummer it is and it, it is. can be anything from insulting and heartbreaking to like just really annoying super annoying especially if you're like me and you really don't want to be making dinner in the yeah. first like, place don't waste my time <laughs> right kid. Yeah. Like, yes. um and actually one of my tips speaks exactly to that. But um, I'll just give my first tip, which is look for meals that can be easily deconstructed. And I'll give a couple of our favorites. So deconstructed, I mean, the grownups might have um, our favorite is taco salad. Um, so my husband eats like a really annoying, healthy person. He's not one particular diet, but he's very lean proteins, almost no carbs, almost no dairy and tons of vegetables. That's kind of his right. diet. He's not any like one particular thing, but um, and he's very he's pretty darn committed to it. And then I have picky kids and I'm in the middle. I can eat really healthy and enjoy it or I can eat dinosaur chicken nuggets and be fine. So I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but taco salad is like a great one for us because um, the kids will take their plate and they'll put some taco meat and we probably would use ground turkey with taco seasoning. And as long as it's not too spicy, they'll put some of that. They'll put some tortilla chips. They might put beans and corn. I have one child who won't touch either beans or corn and that's fine. So he might have chips, meat, um, Mm -hmm. and probably I put sliced apples on the table because that's another one of my tips is just, um, so something like that. Another one, I think stir fries can be deconstructed if you set aside the meat ahead of time if they don't want all the vegetables. So anything, I think a couple of the ones that you mentioned even, Megan, anything where you can set aside a plainer option. And yeah. then I think my my strategy with the picky eaters is not to make a big deal. I don't want them to think I'm accommodating them. I am, but that's my secret. That's not for them right. to know. Yep. So instead, I like to serve it in a way that's saying, okay, we're having a Mexican buffet. You can grab a tortilla and turn it into a taco. Dad and I are probably going to do salads. Here are all the ingredients and go for it. And that way I know that Reed's going to eat chips and meat and that's okay. I've made like, I've just, that's not a hill I'm going to die on, but I'm not saying, Oh, Reed, I made this for you because you don't eat taco salad. So there's somewhere in the middle. Um, and then, yeah, I'll I'll let you jump in because I feel like, well, I just, I think while you're talking, I think it's so funny that this is one of those non-issue issues it's been made into this like parenting um 
like this very polarizing yep. parenting issue. Like either you're, you know, authoritarian and shoving food down your kid's throat or you're playing short order cook and just catering to everybody. And and we're smarter than that, moms. We don't need to go in one direction or the other. <laughs> like, yeah, we're craftier, hopefully, than yeah. our children. And we get to present it like we get to control that message that that they get from the meal and we get to present it the way we want to. So I'm the same way. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to cook a like different special meal for each kid. I'm not going to stand there at the stove for two hours making, you know, custom meals. But I'm also not going to make anything harder on myself than I have to. And if I know a meal will go down more easily for everyone involved if I put the sauce for the pasta on the side right. or make it an option yeah. while I'm, you know, I'm dishing up the noodles, sauce yeah. or no sauce. Right. It's not sauce or no sauce is one of the biggest questions I find myself saying. <laughs> it's it's like that it's phrase like four probably, on the floor. Yes. Like four on the floor that I don't know if anybody knows what four on the floor is. One I, of my do, kids I use not, it now. Not one of my kids did not adhere to four on the floor and they broke a stool, a leg off of my favorite stool. So just saying four on the floor is it means all four legs. Of, of the chair yep. of the chair should be on the floor Four on the floor sauce or no sauce. You know, you've got those, <laughs> those mom catchphrases, but I, what it's doesn't create any more work for me. And it makes dinner time more pleasant for everybody. And if my kid does not get the extra tomato that's in the sauce, that's okay. Like yep. really they're going to make up for it some other way. So I just, I, I feel like why do we let ourselves get sucked into these made up, um, you know, controversies. It's not a real right. thing. Do it your way. It is not a real thing. Do it your way. And if you are still at the beginning of motherhood and your one-year-old still eats like all the vegetables, I I hope that continues for you. If it doesn't, go listen to this episode in two and a half years because like, I don't know. And also this is an area where I really fall down on the job. Like I am very guilty of I think accommodating too much. I think on my good days, I'm better at it. I'm giving you the tips from my good days, but man, I'll throw a hot dog in and just to shut somebody up sometimes. So I'm just fully admitting that. Um, Another tip that I kind of alluded to is have something that you put on the table at every meal that no one or especially the most picky can complain at. Um, And this was a game changer for me because I, I tried to like present the the exciting part of the meal, what I thought was the exciting, the main dish. And they'd say, what are we having for dinner? And I'd say, you know, chicken stir fry. And they'd say, oh, I don't like chicken stir fry. So instead, I don't say what we're having for dinner. I put everything out and there's always buttered toast or buttered bread and sliced apples on the table. And like, if that's what they eat, that's what they eat. So um, yeah, I love that. And I, I have found that plain rice and plain buttered noodles are another yep. for a lot of families. Like that's a pretty kid friendly thing. And maybe your kid's the alternative. You can find as healthy a version as they will eat. Mm-hmm. Um if that makes you feel better, but like, you know, they're going to eat something and, and hopefully, and I have experienced this with all of my older kids, they start to branch out. Totally. So picky eaters do start to branch out. I think the less we make, I think the less we make their pickiness, a family issue, the less yeah. we make their pickiness, a control issue, yes. the less they need to kind of double down on it. And yep. I don't want my kids doubling down on being picky eaters. I'd rather they just, you know, like, okay, yep. Here's what you have. And, eventually you're going to eat like a normal human being. And if you stay one step ahead of it, then, then they don't know that you are actually making accommodations. I think that's where I've come down on. I'm still totally serving something that I know my pickiest kid will eat. I'm just not making, I'm not just, I'm just not saying Reed's going to have this because he's so picky. 
Um, yeah. I know we're having turkey burgers later this week, and I know two of my kids won't eat turkey burgers. So I'm just planning on having a couple lunch meats out and be like, oh, we're having, you know, we're having bun sandwiches, whatever I'll call it. You can have a turkey burger, you can have sliced ham, like, and we're doing a sandwich buffet. So really, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not telling them that. Exactly. Again, you're smarter than your kids. Sometimes. <laughs> you, they, they aren't paying it. They don't care about our world the way right. we do. You know what I mean? And they're like, not they're, reading the parenting articles. All they're thinking they're... about is they want to eat. They're yeah. not thinking like mom's going to try to pull one over on me. They're right. just not there. So, yeah, you're totally and allowed. Also, if you're just serving hot dogs because you don't want to deal with it, that's I have no judgment about you. Mm. Just saying. Mm-mm. Okay, we're going to take a quick sponsor break and talk about Care.com. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. And that's not just sitters, you guys. That's sitters and nannies, but also housekeepers, dog walkers, senior care, tutors, errand runners. What about dinner makers? Maybe. Oh, there maybe. may be someone I on there who will come and find prep your someone food. Who would, like an Alice. Yes. Oh, that, yes. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. Apron included. So mm-hmm. um, you can find and book and even pay for your care all in one place, full-time, part-time, anytime. So again, this is not just a full-time nanny uh, finding solution. Um, and basically you join for free as a basic member and then you can start searching for everybody who's in your area, local caregivers, whatever you need. And then if you upgrade to premium, that's when you can really unlock the good stuff and reach out to them. You can schedule interviews. You can book and pay for the care. Um, look at background checks and all of that. So it's a great service. Yeah. I've actually used care.com several times and it's really useful in a place like where I live because it's really, people are very stingy about their sitters. Like when people find a good sitter, they do not share. Yes. <laughs> and I yeah. live in a small town surrounded by other small towns. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised at how many people were in or close to my zip code, first of all, even though I live in a small town, but they were outside of our circle. So they weren't people that, you know, my friends had already um, used up (laughs) or like were gridly holding on to. So I had really good luck finding just like part-time sitters. I had a a regular morning nanny who came in for a long time um, for a whole school year and kind of just got my kids off to school and made them breakfast, which was amazing that year. I really needed that kind of support. Um, and I've had, you know, more part-time sitters and like weekend sitters, all kinds of stuff. I actually am going to probably look for a dog walker because yeah. now my kids aren't home three days a week and I'm busy and it would just be really nice to have someone to do that. So I that. again, I love that you can go there and find care you feel good about all in one place. Love it. And uh, you can maybe save 30% off a care.com premium membership if you use our promo code. And again, the premium membership is where you really get to use all those great features. So yeah. go to care.com slash mom hour and subscribe and you will get 30% off a premium membership. Again, that is care.com slash mom hour for 30% off. I love that. And we're going into summer and I love how creative you could get with just a little bit of help. Like yes, really. what if someone did come every day at four o'clock and covered the witching hour, which we're going yes. to talk about. Like it I love doesn't that have idea. to be a big thing. So I love that. Um, Okay, so that brings us to the third struggle for this episode. And again, we are going to do a part two. And that is the witching hour, which I mean, I don't, if you don't know what the witching hour is, maybe, I don't know. I want to know what your life is like. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about the pre-dinner time. And if you're working full time outside the home, this could also be when you are readjusting to being with your kids for the day or coming yep. home from daycare. They're coming home from after school programs. I'm I often mean, either extremely hungry, extremely grumpy or really sleepy during that yes, time of the day too. Or all like, of the above. Or all of the above. Yeah. I just kind of like <laughs> give up sometimes, which is not what well, that's yeah. not going to be our tip. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. not. But you know what? But I can. But here's one thing I can say. OK, um, before we jump into our tips that are actually on our outline, this is something that just popped into my head. 
if you need half an hour when you get home to take a power nap, mm-hmm. to sit by yourself and stare at the wall, <laughs> um, or when your kids get home or whatever your family arrangement is, take it and push dinner back. Mm-hmm. Even if it mm-hmm. means your kids get to have a snack a little bit later than you yeah. thought they should or whatever, you take the time. You, If you feel refreshed going in, to that sort of dinner making time period and everyone else isn't like crying because they're starving and you're not starving and you know, all those Mm -hmm. things. It's totally worth it. And who cares if dinner isn't till seven? Like you get to decide when you eat dinner. Yes, I agree. So that's like one of our many taglines is you get to decide. You get (laughs) to decide. You are in charge. I'm really grateful for that pep talk. And hopefully I'm realizing how much the witching hour is tied into some of the other things we're talking about and that we'll continue to talk about next week, like meal planning and like, you know, scaling back or using some pre-prepared ingredients or, or prepping ahead on the weekend, because all of those things can help make it the witching hour less witchy, but it's still four o'clock comes every day. <laughs> it does. It comes um, every day. Yeah. Do you want to kind of tell the story about the kitchen hour that how that concept yeah. started? Cause I yes. think we have a lot of new listeners who don't really know how, how, it sure. Okay. Well, the whole way that we started podcasting in the first place goes back to 2012. Um, when I had, decided I was tired of being like so typical in (laughs) trying to put off making dinner. I'm so basic, right? (laughs) Put off dinner. So it's just like so predictable and obvious. Like I would put off making dinner. And then by the time I got around to it, I would feel like I had no time because by this point I really have no time because I have to get something on the table and now everyone's starving and I'm grumpy. And then I would just kind of like rush through it as fast as I could and hate every minute of it. And all I wanted to do was get on the other side. And so I started listening to podcasts during that time and decided like very deliberately decided I was going to spend an hour in the kitchen. That doesn't mean an hour cooking it means I was going to hang out in my kitchen for the length of an hour long podcast or somewhat, you know, or around that and just be there. If that mm-hmm. might have meant like cooking, it might mean clean up. It might mean hanging out with the kids and talking about their homework. It might mean sometimes just standing there listening to the show because I'd done everything else. And now I'm just waiting for it to be done, like whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly it was transformative and it was not because my meals became more elaborate. Although when you're in the kitchen and you're like forcing yourself to stay there, you do start to like take a little more time and Mm -hmm. try new things and maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, take some risks you wouldn't have otherwise taken. It was more that I just set aside an hour that that's, I was just going to be available and I was just going to be in the kitchen no matter Mm -hmm. what. And my kitchen got really clean. Mm -hmm. My cooking skills got better and I saw my kids more during that time. And so, you know, now do I spend an hour in the kitchen every single night? No, I don't anymore. But it was it was a really nice way for me to shift my mentality about what it means to get dinner on the table and Mm -hmm. like how much I was making it harder on myself by like trying to squeeze it into 15 minutes or less, which almost can't be done. Mm -hmm. I I know people say it can 30 minutes or less is even is even pushing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the the mindset shift. And then I started a podcast and it was called the kitchen hour. And the whole point of the kitchen hour was just to give moms something to listen to while Mm -hmm. they were in the kitchen, having their own kitchen hours. So one thing I will say is, you know, if you're not, whether or not you're someone who loves to cook and finds a creative outlet and sees cooking as an act of service, blah, 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 on that end of the spectrum or more on the other end of the spectrum, like everyone's just got to eat and I just got to get something on the table. It's really not about the cooking. It's more just about not expecting yourself to be able to pull something off, which is Mm -hmm. time with your kids, a reasonably healthy dinner and a cleaned up kitchen. Mm -hmm. You can't do that all in 30 minutes. And I think we set ourselves up for failure when we try. So that's my like little speech about that. And it did make the the witching hour better because I just relaxed. Like, yeah, 
I wasn't trying so hard to keep my toddler out of the kitchen so I could make dinner really fast because I just kind of realized dinner wasn't going to happen fast. Like it just wasn't. That was not the time of life I was in. My toddler was not going to stop coming in the kitchen. It was not going to happen. So why was I fighting it so hard? Um, Anyway, I love love that story. And I don't I think a lot of our listeners kind of haven't heard that. Um, And the Kitchen Hour podcast became the Home Hour podcast, which we later, you know, revamped. And then we started the Mom Hour podcast. It's all it's all related. It's all tied together. Um, Six years now. Can you believe that? Yikes. No, I can't. And I didn't know what a podcast. I was working for you at the time. I just started working for you at the time, but I didn't know what a podcast was. I was like, like you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a podcast. Well, and, and I like, think probably great. looking back, you brought me on in part to help with the blog because you were spinning off into podcast. That's right. I think so that I, was what I was doing. I didn't wow. have a lot to do with the kitchen hour when it launched, but part of the reason you brought me on was because I, you know, I took care of the blog and you, yeah. Yep. Long wow. time ago. Um, do I have tips for this? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, one is actually, I meant to give this tip in the picky eaters, but I realize it applies across the board. And that is put a couple of things on your meal plan or at least one where it's a meal that you really are genuinely looking forward to. And that could be looking forward to the eating, like one of your Mm -hmm. favorite things to eat, or maybe you really do enjoy the cooking of it or a combination of both. But um, I think when we're trying to pick please picky eaters or when we're trying to get something done in 15 minutes, like you were just talking about, we forget that like we, we get to eat and enjoy food too. And Mm -hmm. I think it can make that kitchen hour so much more pleasant or it can make, um, you know, like the picky eaters can suck it up one or two nights a week because you're really looking forward to taco night or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that was one that was sort of meant to be given the last one, but it works no matter what, because how much would you look forward to the kitchen hour if you knew that at the end of it, you were eating one of your favorite meals? So put your yes, favorite meals on the totally. meal plans, you guys. Yeah. Um, a couple other things. One thing I, I just tragically underestimate every time is that rush. When I say dinner's ready, and often Brian's home by this point, and the kids are playing, and maybe I've actually gotten it together and made a meal, and I'll say, okay, dinner's about ready. And then I realize... No one's set the table. No one's poured, mm-hmm. you know, gotten drinks or gotten a pitcher of water and all the little things. In fact, our kitchen table is usually like craft homework central. So that needs to be cleared off before we can even eat there. And then that last five minutes, I feel so grumpy because I feel like I'm I'm yelling at all of them to do something, but I never gave them the benefit of actually right. asking them to do it earlier. And that's, you know, that's my own issue. But those things can be done a lot earlier. And so I, I am happier when I clear off the kitchen table and put out some, I don't even set a proper table, but I just, I make sure it's cleared off and I'm, I put out some napkins and some silverware just even in a pile in the middle of the table so yeah. that it's there. And I could do that in the after school cleanup, you know, like the after school hour. Um, same with like pouring glasses of water or milk. You can do that ahead and keep them in the fridge. Um, whatever the little, like that last minute scramble at the end of yes. the witching hour. Um, a lot of those things are things that could be done earlier. If you have older kids who should be setting the table, I'm talking to myself here, make that a part of the routine, but whatever you do, don't get to the end of the witching hour and end even grumpier because that that last minute rush is so unpleasant. And that's again, my own, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I never realized that the kitchen hour sounds like the witching hour. I think I'm just like, it does kind of realizing though. that like it's the solution, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I forgot to tip in to all to, to your point about making something that you enjoy eating yeah. can also be something you enjoy making. Yes. I know I oh, yeah, enjoy yeah. making certain things that, uh, more than others. And that reminds me, I totally forgot to mention that part of the, the, the key or the trick to having that kitchen hour experience is making it to whatever degree you're able um, 
something that you find enjoyable. So is that, you know, sipping wine while you cook? Is that listening to your favorite playlist? It it also um, comes into play when you're thinking about the way you involve your kids or don't involve them in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I think there's that's one of those mom myths that like the myth (laughs) of the the child and the mom working side by side on dinner. Yeah, that is not the same thing as getting dinner on the table. That is a special in my house, at least like my standing next to my kid um, working on a meal together, at least until they're a certain age and really can just take over tasks. That's more about like an experience we're going to have. That's like a parenting moment. That is not a Tuesday night. And it's not. And it's not efficiency. You're involving your six year old in making dinner does not add efficiencies. That is work. So if that isn't something you want to do tonight, you don't have to. Right. There's no like you're no one's going to take away your, you know, your mom cred because you asked your six year old to go play with their younger sibling instead or put on a show. Let them watch a TV (laughs) show. Yeah. Or yes, exactly. Like whatever it is, give them their their epic app and let them pick something out, whatever it is like. I think you get to decide what's going to make this fun and manageable for me. Yeah. Um, and that that has to do with not only the how you cook, but the who's in the room at the time and the, you know, when you do it and what yeah. you cook and all those things. Um, that, it's coming back to the you're in charge here, isn't it? Yes. Yes, yes. You get to decide. <laughs> you I'm get to having decide. I'm having flashbacks to having like three really little kids. Um, and so I want to throw a couple things out. One is I wore the baby almost always during from like four to 6 p.m. Um, yep. I, w- I used a Moby wrap um, because I felt like it was really for little babies. It was really Tuck secure. the hands in and stuff. Yeah. Too. And I didn't yeah. need all the buckles and pockets that the Ergo yeah. had. I loved the Ergo for out and about. But for the first six months, I wore infants during the witching hour constantly. And that wasn't even so that I could whip up a gourmet meal. It was literally probably so I could have two hands free to like wipe bottoms and yep. you know do other things but so that's one if if you have not if you're intimidated by baby wearing especially I hear first time moms especially if you don't have to if you have two hands to hold your baby you don't have to get into the baby wearing habit so then you don't and then it feels intimidating um the witching hour is a great time to strap and I would strap even a two-year-old on my back during that yep. time if I had to absolutely so that's one um but I do want to talk about Uh, watching a show or using screen time during the witching hour because there's so much guilt about this. I feel like it's something that like moms kind of whisper under their breath like, well, my kids don't use screen time except during when I'm trying to get dinner on the table. And then they say like, except. So I would say just own it. Like everybody's doing it. First of all, you're not the only one. But second of all, you can lose the guilt by telling your kids you know, you guys get a show at this time every day or it's tablet time or it's an audio book that everybody's listening to. Again, we're coming back. We're repeating ourselves. Now you get to decide, but rather than have it be like, oh my gosh, you guys are driving me crazy. Fine. I'll put on a show. Right. That's different. That sends a different message to your kids. And again, it's staying one step ahead. Yes. Don't let them know that you're in charge. You're in charge. Yes. But like, don't let them know that you, even if it's a preemptive totally. reaction, don't let them know you're reacting. No, you're and, reacting preemptively. And, and you don't want them to think like, if we just whine and hang around the kitchen long enough, she'll put on a show. That's not a good cycle to get in. Trust right. me. But if you say, you know, every day or on these days, because it's the days when we're busy coming home from swim lessons or whatever it is, the routine is we put on a show. I also like to make anytime it's bonus screen time. I also do not let anyone debate about what to watch because if my kids see it, if it's something special, then I get to decide. So right. like, again, if you were feeling guilty about this, just flip the script, decide that you use screens to get dinner on the table during the witching hour and decide how it's going to work and be consistent about it. And then it's it's magic. So that's yeah. like, this is why iPads were invented, guys. 
So that yeah, exactly. So <laughs> do it. Um, and then I was going to say on top of that, you mentioned it, but if your kids are plugged into a screen um, and you have lost the guilt, then you can put on your favorite music or podcast. And then that's then you're happy, too. So, it's yeah, just exactly. All around. Oh, um, do we solve all the problems? No, only three of no, them. Only gonna, three. We have so at least three more to solve. I want to tease next week's because and with permission to, you know, change these up a little bit. But we are going to talk about grocery shopping because that is a pain point for a lot of people. Yes. Either you hate it or you don't have time for it or just you have, you know, three kids under four or whatever. Um, we're going to talk about when you've lost the will to cook, which happens to me like, you know, every other day. But yep. that sort of lack of desire and mojo, which we've all, you know, been there. And then we keep mentioning meal planning, but we haven't actually like gotten into it. So we're going to talk about the struggle of either you hate meal planning or you just haven't found a way to do it that makes sense for you. Yeah. So those are those are big ones. So we're going to do those that are very next big. week. Yep. Come back. Um, but we have a couple of fun Please things. Please come back. Please come back. Don't leave us. Um, a couple of fun things before we wrap up to tell you guys. First of all, we have a blog. <gasps> I'm so excited about this. We we like quit blogging three years ago. I voluntarily and very purposefully stopped blogging yeah. for three years, which as someone who wrote every single day, sometimes more than one piece a day for how many? I mean, like 10 years. Yeah. That was a big, big, big thing. And you know, the funny thing is I didn't even care. I didn't even miss it. Yeah. But then recently I started missing it. Yeah. And we've so. just we've just realized, I mean, this podcast is not a new flash in the pan. We've been doing this for over three years. Um, but the more topics we cover, we realize sometimes there are topics that would benefit from a blog post to kind of accompany them. Sometimes there might be a topic that we're just not going to do a podcast about, but would make a great essay or a great blog post. There's also a lot of great blog posts from our old archives that we'd like to revive and revisit. Um, so this isn't, we're not changing course really. All we're doing is adding a blog element to what we already do. Yeah. Um, so we're excited about that. If you go to the momhour.com, you just look for the little tab at the top that says blog. We're not promising like daily content or anything we're starting we're making zero promises <laughs> right we're starting like our meal plans really yeah. low, setting the bar low permission to cop out um but there's a couple posts up now that i want you guys to go check out and one of them megan is one of your most popular which is where you detailed how you swap out seasonal clothing and hand-me-downs oh now in our yes. last episode you did say that your kids have outgrown this but that doesn't, that doesn't matter work for me anymore but it worked really really well for yeah. like five or six years yeah and so, it's really detailed longer. so if yeah. you have winter clothes and summer clothes and have never figured out exactly how to do the swap megan did all the work for you and that post is up you on the blog thing. i yeah. also have so listeners email me all the time for discipline resources for parenting toddlers and that's another thing we've just never done a full episode episode on number one, because I'm not an expert on discipline um, and parenting toddlers. But number two, it's like just too big and crazy. But mm -hmm. I do have a list up on the blog. I just like saying that I'm going to keep saying it on the up blog, on the blog, up on um, the blog of books, search and, it up, search it up on the blog of books and resources that I always send listeners when they email us asking about specifically behavior and discipline of toddlers, because um, I send the same things every single time. So I'm making that into a blog post. And then finally, if you get our newsletter, you know that Megan and Katie and I take turns writing an essay. And Megan, yours was so great that just went out oh, on the purchase of your camper. So those essays, I will turn into blog posts too. So you could, so everybody can read those. So Yay. there'll be a handful of blog posts up and you just go to the momhour.com and look for where it says blog and then hold us accountable. Tell us what you want us to write about or what I'm very like excited say. about this because I would I really would like to start writing I have a lot to write about now all of a sudden and um 
And I just like the structure yeah. of people expecting it of me. So yes. please, please expect it of me. Yeah, gently. absolutely. Yes. And we're not, we're not changing anything about the podcast. This is, no. this is us just adding more to our plate because we're crazy yep. like that. Yeah, we love it. Um, and then we have a new segment called Cue It Up. Do you remember Which you this? sprung on me last episode. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? What is this? <laughs> so cue it up at the end of every show. I basically, our archives got so big that I realized people don't know if they want to go back into the old archives of the mom hour. There's such great episodes, but it's hard to know where to start. So at the end of each new episode, I'm going to recommend, we will recommend one to go listen to. And it may or may not have anything to do with what you just listened to. Sometimes you might not want more meal. You might not want more dinner stuff after listening to this. So it won't always be a direct tie-in. It'll just be something that I think you should listen to. So for this week, it is episode 60, which is from July 19th of 2016. So almost two years ago, but not not at the very beginning. Um, and it came with a listener question that I'm actually going to read because I guarantee you guys are going to relate to this. And the episode's called How Do I Make Time for It All? And this is just a great one for in the trenches moms. And this is the listener question that prompted it. So she said, I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a three-month-old, and I'm finding that I'm always behind. And I'm wondering if you have any tips for how to get ahead. Also, how do you find time in the day to play? I find that I'm always just trying to get the kids busy so I can get on to my next task and I never have time to just sit down and play. So that's actually really, we, we took it as two totally different yes, questions. We did. One yep. is a time management and one is, are you really supposed to sit down and play with your four-year-old? <laughs> so I know you guys are going to want to listen to what tuned. we said. It was a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, you're in your podcast app already. Just scroll back to episode 60 from July of 2016 called How Do I Make Time for It All? And it's a really good one. It is. Mm. Fun. All right. Okay. So next week. We packed week, guys, a lot into that episode. Yeesh. Yeah, we did. That's why we need a part two. So yep. next week, we'll be back. We'd love to hear from you as always. You guys are so great about emailing us. It's hello at themomhour.com or commenting on our social at the Facebook or Instagram. We're the mom hour. And that's it for now, Megan. I'll talk to you next week. See ya.